Back to talk about the Oklahoma Sooners. Garen Emig is also world sports columnist, along with Eric Bailey, the OU beat writer for us. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, you can catch us every week, or most weeks anyway, on TulsaWorld.com, the podcast audio-only version, downloaded via Apple, Google, and Spotify. We thank you for your continued support, uh, whether you're reading us uh, in the paper, online, or uh, consuming multimedia content. Uh, Eric, speaking of content, before we go into the Sooners and the start of spring practice, first things first, man, you got to tell the people about the Snoop Dogg show last night. Let's <laughs> let's let's tell the people what they're missing out on. If if they thought they were they they were going to buy a ticket, elected not to. What would you have to say? I'd say you have another chance on Friday night to see the same show, man. Uh, yeah, Warren G, Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, man. I, I was I was a youngster again, and uh, I tell you, I, I, smoke rises. I was on the third upper level, and we'll just say smoke rises. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, for me, just hearing it was a good day by Ice Cube was worth the price of admission. That's one of my all-time favorites. So to hear him, he closed his set with that. Uh, just a lot of fun. Warren G with Regulate and, uh, of course, Snoop. Snoop was Snoop. So had a great time, man. I felt young. It was nice to just kind of step away. And for about three years, I was there to be okay for four hours. It was a long show, but it was a lot of fun. So I, I highly endorse endorse the show. Sounds like a little bit more uh, action than I, than I got watching the Commodores last week. <laughs> You know, so that was a good time. That was a good time. But this, this, I think this was a whole new, that sounds like a whole new uh, experience, a different, yeah. different experience for you. So I'm, fun, that, man. I'm glad you uh, took that in. Okay. Um, to the Sooners then. And the first week of spring ball under new coach, Brent Venables. Uh, I was there Monday to hear the coach sort of kick things off. You went back to see them for yourselves uh, Tuesday and Thursday. So I'm just going to open it up to you and you, you tell me what, if anything, uh, caught your attention, caught your eye, whether it was something you saw in the time you had to watch practice or something you heard from many of the coaches and players that rolled through the interview room. Boy, there was no wasted movement at all during the practice sessions. And I will say this, we got almost 45 minutes both days, which uh, under uh, Coach Riley, we only had 20 minutes and it was a hard 20 minutes. I mean, 20 minutes and you really don't get a lot out of that, but with, um, Coach Venables, we had a hard 45 minutes both days, got to take a lot of pictures, got to watch a lot of players. The one thing that stood out the most is there's no wasted movement. Everyone's moving with a purpose. It's fast. Love Molly Crew playing Kickstart My Heart to start days. I mean, they, they went rock. And uh, I will say this, it's a versatile, talking about versatile last night, there was a versatile music uh, DJ there too. So they get to hear a lot of things. But Kickstart My Heart, uh, just the opening riff to that, it got the guys going. And uh, a lot of fun. Got to watch Todd Bates coach the players a little bit. That was really interesting. You know, he he coaches them hard. And uh, got to meet Matt. We'll see Matt Wells, the former Texas Tech coach, uh, head coach. He is now an offensive analyst for OU. So Matt's a good guy. I've known him since 2005 when he was at Tulsa as an assistant, too. So he's going to be a welcomed addition to the team. Had an opportunity to talk to both uh, Ted Roof and Jeff Levy this week. Uh, both are excited. And, you know, it, this isn't an install for both coaches. They're both installing new, new, new game plans for these players. So it's a learning process. There are two practices down, 13 to go, culminating with the spring game on uh, April 23rd. You, uh, you and Eli Letterman, who you, who's uh, moved over from OSU to help you on the beat, you've been sort of tracking, you mentioned the installs for the new coordinators. And I thought it was interesting the, the track you guys took uh, just yesterday with 
regard to Levy and the pace of play for for his offenses over the years at, at UCF and Ole Miss and how if, if an Oklahoma fan is used to seeing sped-up offenses uh, under Lincoln Riley, something that was has been a topic, right, the last couple of years, maybe slowing it down to give the defense more of a chance, more of a breather. Um, you get, I, I get the sense that they're they're back in fifth or sixth gear, or is that is that yet to be determined based on what are the the personnel adapt to uh, to the stop the, the pace that Levy wants to play? It was funny. We had an opportunity to talk to center Andrew Rame, the Broken Arrow High School graduate, and we asked him about pace of play, especially for those big guys on the offensive line. And he said he's not going to lie. He said after the first two practices, his legs felt like cement because they're always moving. It's 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 a grind. It's a it's something they're going to have to condition themselves to. But uh, Andrew Rain gave a really good hint, saying that this is going to be a fast-paced offense. I mean, if you thought it was fast before, just wait till you see this too. So uh, again, no wasted movement. They're really working hard to to, to progress a, as an offense. I don't know how much you can glean from you know forty-five minutes of of viewing, but it was your first chance to see with your own eyes, Dylan Gabriel. Uh, the new starting quarterback for the Sooners. I know you didn't get a chance to, to, to speak with them, you guys, this week. Um, that, that time hopefully is coming. But, again, you at least got to, uh, to see him on the practice field. Any clues, hints, uh, any, any, any notions you might have just based on either what you viewed of, of your uh, combined uh, hour and a half of practice or anything that you picked up from, from teammates or coaches about Gabriel that, that gives you some fresh perspective on him? Well, on the field, it's just different seeing a left-handed quarterback. It's been a while since Oklahoma fans have really, maybe the Josh Heifel days maybe, to see a left-handed starting quarterback. So that's something else. And something you notice, too, is the ball. And we say this all the time, and I'm guilty of it, too, but I really feel like it. The ball just comes out of his hands so fast. He gets rid of the ball, quick release, uh, looked really good. The, the receivers, we got a chance to talk to a couple of those guys, Drake Stoops, Theo Weiss. They enjoy working with them. They said they've really been impressed with them. Off the field, we had a chance to ask the players, what's he like? And everyone to a man said he, he's, he's a cut-up. He really keeps things going. So I think, he, you know, he's only been on campus since January, but he's really fitting right in and really established a leader. Uh, one of the players said, you know, in the locker room before practice that he'll be in there just working on handoffs, imaginary handoffs. Uh, yeah. He'll just be there by his locker just working on it, working on it, working on it. And you can tell that he really, uh, he really takes pride in his craft and he wants to make sure everything's uh, flowing well. You get a sense of how Levy or, or Venables feels about depth at that position? They're trying to create depth. I know they really like Nick Evers, the true freshman. But, of course, with any true freshman, not only at quarterback, but at any position, there's going to be growing pains. You know, here's a young man that Coach Levy said he's 17 years old and should be getting ready for his high school prom. Instead, he's getting thrust into a new offense, a, a really complex offense, and asked to really run this offense, too. So, But they really like some of the early signs that he's shown uh, – Again, uh, it, we overuse it probably, but the ball comes out of his hands really yeah. well when he's throwing a pass. So, But it's developing those four quarterbacks behind Dylan Gabriel uh, until their separation, Coach Levy says, they'll all get equal reps. And then when the, when the separation does occur, that player that does separate themselves as a backup will get a little more reps. Just curious to see how this transfer portal is going to work out. You know, uh, I'm, I'm just wondering if there's a veteran quarterback that they can bring in. And, and get a look at a scholarship guy. The week began with a Venable speaking to the media on Monday, and it was another opportunity to, to really get a sense of 
he talked for an hour, Eric, and uh, we, we visited after trying to figure out, you know, if there were, you know, little bit nuggets of news in there anywhere. Usually the start of spring practice is a time for a coach to get up and maybe say a few words about new players and new philosophies, uh, injury updates. Right. Um, and, and you get a sense of, well, this is, you know, this is newsworthy because we haven't seen these guys for, for two or three months. And, and it's easier to put together what's called the notebook than the, than the, than the main story. Venables is the main story right now. He, he continues to be, uh, he, he continues to command all eyes and, and attention, right? It's, it's, it was one hour of his philosophy, once again, what he wants to, uh, what kind of, a, of an impact he wants to make on the players in his program, on the coaches, it, with big, big administrative ambitions in support of the program, uh, he, he was told some stories, <laughs> some, <laughs> some we'd heard, some we hadn't. Uh-huh. It was, it was a very, I don't know, Venables-esque, I guess, is the best way I can put it. And so it, it's, it, isn't it interesting that as we move into the actual football part of the Venables regime, there's, I think, just as much, no, there's not just as much. I still think there's even more interest in who he's about and how he projects is so much different than, uh, than Lincoln Riley before him and then, then even Bob Stoops before Riley. Yeah, and we go back to his Monday press conference. It was right at 60 minutes. He, he came out and said that he had a few words to say first, and his opening statement took 21 minutes. He had notes off – he he was flipping through a script, right? I mean, exactly. up at the podium. Exactly. And then, so we had 39 minutes of Q&A with him, and in 39 minutes we asked nine questions. There wasn't a lot of questions. There were oh. answers to, to one question, so – and, and, and in contrast, by comparison, we look at Jeff Levy, and Jeff Levy would give a 20, 30-second answer, and you're almost waiting for more because <laughs> we were saying right, right. Brent had answered his questions. But you're right. I think Brent Venables right now is still the story. I think that, you know, this is his first head coaching job. He's jumping on it and jumping into it full bore. He, he's excited, and you just – he's excited just by him talking to the media and, and just his enthusiasm. I think that's what, that's what continues to grasp fans. Mm-hmm. And, so Key Lawrence, we had a chance to talk to him on Tuesday, the returning defensive back, uh, who, by the way, said he's starting at safety, but, you know, he could be a cornerback as well, but he's starting with the safeties. Key Lawrence said, a lot of times you hear the old saying, I'd run through a wall for that man. He said, I promise you, for Brent Venables, I'd run through a wall for that man. That's how bought in these players are getting under Brent Venables. And it's, it's really neat to see this enthusiasm, both from the coaches and the players. Yeah, there's going to – he referenced bumps in the road, right, And on Monday. Venables did, and there, there will be plenty. There will be some this spring because that's when things start to go a little bit sideways with regard to what you thought you had maybe at a position or with a player, and it doesn't maybe pan out that way. Um, it will be interesting to see how he reacts to those bumps, but let's let's just say for now that the honeymoon continues. I mean, it's fans can't get enough of him, and I get the feeling that he can't get enough of, of being a head coach for the first time. He's still – projects again like a guy who uh projects like a kid at you know an eight-year-old kid on December 25th is how he projects right yeah it was interesting too because you're right he understands nothing it's not going to be perfect it's not a perfect world he understands that he's been around this profession long enough and he mentioned Murphy's Law you know if it can go wrong it will and he's ready for Murphy's Law because he knows that things won't be uh steady and smooth he knows things are going to happen and as a first-year head coach he, he, he's had the opportunity to see Bill Snyder. He's had the opportunity to see Bob Stoops and Dabo Sweeney, how they've handled different situations. So he, 
fortunately for him, he's seen that. Now, seeing that and experiencing that as a head coach is two different things. So, but it, it's good to see that he's prepared for whatever happens his way. I, well, I say prepared. You never know what's going to happen. You're never. He thinks he is. Yeah. He thinks he is. He, he has an idea of what direction he's going to go. Yep. All right. Uh, we'll move uh, into next week and perhaps get a chance to hear from uh, Gabriel for the first time. We'll meet other players uh, or pick up where, where we all left off after the, uh, the Alamo Bowl. Uh, back and uh, you know, as, a, as a new year turn, maybe a couple of other assistant coaches. But uh, Eric, thought might, I thought we might sort of uh, put a wrap on basketball season, yeah. men and women. Uh, men's team out of the NIT thanks to St. Bonaventure. Women's team just destroyed by Notre Dame in the second round of the uh, of their NCAA tournament. More good than bad, certainly for for both programs, but both exits, both season exits indicating that there's still a lot of work to be done for both coaches. Exactly. And when you think back just a year from now, or a year ago today, uh, how both programs were without leaders. You know, Lon Kruger retired, Sherry Coe retired, and, and Joe Castiglione was out looking for head coaches. So when these two coaches came on board, you wondered what direction the program was going to do. Was it going to be a rebuilding year? And, and what was going to happen? And for the men, it was tough for Porter Mosier because he, he really you know, he only had three really returning players from last year's that, that he had four scholarship players, but only three that played. So he was starting from scratch. He was hitting the transfer portal. It's one of those things where, are you tall? Okay, come, come play for me. He just didn't have size or anyone. So now he's starting to get his culture in. It was difficult. It's hard to get better in the Big 12, to start over in the Big 12, that conference. And we're seeing it now, how well they're played in the NCAA tournament. So that was tough. Uh, tough loss in the NIT, second round. They were number one seed, uh, and just a difficult loss to St. Bonaventure, who now you got to give credit to them. They went to Colorado, they went to OU, and they went to Virginia and won three games. And now St. Bonaventure is headed to the NIT in a semifinals in Madison Square Garden. So, but as far as Porter Mosier, I think we'll see some players probably leaving. So he'll hit the portal. He's still trying to find that fit. So, next couple of weeks for men's basketball, interesting. Jeannie Branchek, I mean, that last game can't define what kind of year they had. Uh, 25 and nine. Uh, it, it was a great year, ranked in the top 10 for the first time in years. Uh, that program is is really trending upward. And, and you look at who's coming back. All, everyone's coming back next year. Uh, Taylor Robertson and Maddie Williams, Anna, and help me with Anna's last name. Anna, I can't I can spell it perfectly. I just don't know how to say it. Uh, Anna, yeah, you look at her coming back. I mean, this team's going to be solid. And now they need to go out and find a big, a big player, a post player. That's where hurt them a lot this year was just the lack of having size. In, mm -hmm. in so I think that's the key. You go to the transfer portal, you find that player, you need that inside player. But both programs, I think, are trending up. And uh, this was a good first year for both programs. Okay. Uh, any diamond notes you want to pass along softball, baseball-wise? Before the weekend, they both play the Big 12 play this weekend, right? They both, both playing at home against Baylor, baseball and softball. Let's start with softball, 26-0. and 0. It's incredible. I mean, you know, Lindsey Elam hit five home runs and five straight at-bats. I mean, that's just it, – it, every weekend it just seems like it's someone different just making the big plays. And this, this softball team, uh, you're, looking, you're looking at an incredible program. This is one, you know, they're going to lose a game somewhere, but I just don't know where that's going to be. Uh, just impressed with softball. Baseball – you got to give credit to Jake Bennett, uh, the Bixby High School uh, pitcher. Uh, he's the Friday starter for the Sooners baseball team. 0.90, 0.90 ERA. Goodness. 
and uh, he's just commanding on the mound, and he's having just an excellent season. And uh, just a side note, OU and OSU play at One Oak Field on Tuesday night, uh, Bedlam Baseball, back in downtown Tulsa. So that's something we're going to keep an eye on, too. So uh, you never go wrong with Bedlam, and it's always fun when they're at One Oak. No, that could be a very big night for both programs. Uh, you mentioned Bennett uh, being strong for, for Oklahoma over in Stillwater. I believe the Cowboys come into their Big 12 opening series against Kansas, uh, riding a win streak that's approaching 10 games. So yeah. that could be a lot of fun uh, next week downtown. Usually is. Usually is. All right. So um, keep track of that. You'll keep track of uh, continued spring football. You'll keep an eye on the basketball uh, roster for Porter, Mos- Porter Moser. Uh, you'll keep an eye on your bracket. Got any teams left? Kansas that's it (laughs) Gonzaga yeah the one seeds are gone so you could just take we'll see what Kansas done it's it's Friday night you never know what's going to happen yeah I mean let's have fun with St. Peter's I I I just ride them the rest of the way just for fun yeah that'd be great Cinderella's wouldn't that be great all right we're all we're all Peacock fans uh, no offense to Purdue uh for sure here tonight and maybe to the weekend we'll see how tonight goes Good seeing you again, Eric. We'll talk again next week here at uh, the Tulsa World. Keep reading our stuff. Keep watching and listening to us as we hit the multimedia platforms hard. And uh, we thank you for your support.